on today's episode of Strike Gold. We have Elad Levy from Fixel talking about how to use technical knowledge to leverage your marketing skills. Listening to Strike Gold with Jonathan Conner and Roy Pavarchik, and today we have a special guest, Elad Levy. Elad? No, no, it's Elad. No, it's El. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, people. His name is Elad. (laughs) (laughs) It's not Elad. (laughs) We're just clarifying that for everyone. I'm looking at you, Miss Smith. (laughs) (laughs) All right. so So we're in this. We're doing it. We're doing this episode. I'm out of voice. So he's making excuses again. I'm still dressed. Yeah, for now. For now, none of yeah. us wear pants on the podcast. This yeah. is kind of our thing. I feel I feel it now with the uh, with the screechy voice and uh, the sexy talk. This podcast can be a whole different thing. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Do you find yourself at night feeling lonely, <laughs> looking for love, or marketing advice? <laughs> <laughs> You spend hours on your laptop <laughs> scrolling through marketing advice. With candles lit, send your candles. <laughs> Sorry. All right. So, Elad Levy. Yeah. Who are you? <laughs> right I'm now? really asking because he did no prep. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, right, right um, now we're the he's shot. crying. He's, crying. <laughs> he's like, I don't know why I'm anymore. Huddled in the corner. <laughs> um, I'm Elad Levy. Levy. I'm 34. I'm from Odin, Israel. And uh, for the past uh, year or so, I've been the head of growth at uh, Fixel, which is uh, a title that... What is Fixel? Let us tell us all about Ooh, it. shameless plug. Backlinks, man. <laughs> you, can back, you can get backlinks when you... when like you Pixel with an F. Yeah. <laughs> so, Fixel is an AI-powered audience segmentation solution for advertisers. We work under the assumption that engagement correlates with purchase intent. So we're able to flag highly engaged users on websites for advertisers to then work on them on lookalikes, remarketing, and other types of campaigns. Amazing. But we're not going to talk about Fixel today. You know what? But I think we should have another episode just about Fixel later on with you and Edgar, maybe. Might be interesting. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Because the more I was reading about it, the more I was like, I want to know their secrets. <laughs> um, yeah. Jonathan wanted to ask you something. No, <laughs> I, I was going to say, I was, trying, I was trying to, like, just for the other users, the ones like me, everything you said were, were really big words. Can you simplify <laughs> Can you simplify that for a second? Come again, but in English. <laughs> so we're coming as marketers. We were coming from marketing agencies. Uh, I was working as an analyst and Edgar was working as a campaign manager. And one of the key tactics when working on websites, whether they're B2B, B2C, or whichever else, is looking at the engagement of users and trying to gauge their level of engagement as some kind of buffer to their purchase intent or conversion intent overall. So by trying to look at semi-arbitrary metrics, like how far down the page they've, they've scrolled, or how many pages they've been through, how long have they spent on your site, and so forth, you try to, to guess what their level of engagement is, and if they are, try and re-engage with them in remarketing, create lookalikes of these people, or different kind of actions. And all this was done manually, which is tedious, it's quite a pain in the ass, and quite frankly, most Analysts, once you nail that and you got the right audience right, 
you won't do it again until your campaign flunks. Uh, so yeah. we start with create something that's automated that's happening on the fly. It digests far more data points than anyone could do manually. Uh, and that's how we came around Fixel. Uh, and I think that's a simple ex- explanation, uh, jumping over the two pivots we've done on the way to, to get the right kind of product market. No, but now I understand, so I'm happy. <laughs> that's, all, <laughs> okay. that's all I wanted. No, because I was like, oh, retargeting, oh, remarketing, oh, okay. But now I, I get it. All right, cool. All right, so now I, wa- I want to go back like, a couple steps. Can you give us a little bit of like the history of, of who you are? Where have you been? Where have I been? What have you done? Have you killed anyone? <laughs> I'm not this allowed to talk that about that on the <laughs> podcast. Um, have you killed anyone? It's our bonus question. Will you not if again. You si- <laughs> only, if you, only if you sign up to the newsletter, you get that po- the answer. Yes, that's right. This is why we have so many people. Names and with dates. That. Yeah, so we, this is why we have so and many people. And locations of the bodies. Uh, from the police.com domain. Location, location, location. So I... Originally started out in marketing uh, as a student. I, I kind of started as a marketing intern at a company uh, in the university, an HR company, and kind of built their marketing uh, from the bottom up. And after I left university, I thought I was smarter. I thought I'd go into management consulting and, and had these big ideas of landing a, a job at uh, McKinsey, and that crashed against the wall horribly. Um, so I, I took a position as a risk management consultant, uh, which I did fantastically, but was rather miserable. Uh, so so I whenever left. I hear that title, immediately I feel like yeah. you know you you start drinking, you start smoking. I, I always think about I always think about uh, the guy from Fight Club at the beginning of the movie. Nice. Yeah, yeah. No, no, because that's, I think about that also, but I also like think about like the fact that everything's on your shoulders. There's a lot of like all the decisions. Like, you're the guy. I'd be like, that's the guy who fucked the whole company. Yeah, in a sense. But but my <laughs> actually kind of uh, thing that is, is, is similar is, is George Constanza. They, they have this episode on Seinfeld mm-hmm. where he studies risk management. So that's like my, my visual image <laughs> of risk management is George Constanza. So so you can't stay long enough in that position. Right. That, you know, associated you with feel that. like George Constanza. For sure. Right. Um, Which is funny because I think like the what was what's the name of the guy who played him, Jason Alexander. Mm-hmm. I think he'd love to be back in the position where yeah. <laughs> George Costanza right now. What was he? The Kentucky Fried Chicken Chris. commercial. Now I saw it. Uh, like that. <laughs> okay. Last scene on. Last <laughs> scene on Kentucky Fried Chicken. Nobody's commercial. heard from George Costanza anymore. He That's was told. He was told to murder. be seen. <laughs> was the murder we talked about? He was told to be seen last next to a Kentucky Fried, fried chicken. chicken. Bucket of Kentucky Fried Chicken. <laughs> yeah. uh, all right, sorry. So we stopped you in the middle. You went from risk management, which was yeah. like so, killing you emotionally. Killing, <laughs> yeah, in, in that sense. And, and then I thought, okay, so so let's backtrack and let's go back to, to where I felt comfortable and, and go back into marketing. And I went to a digital marketing agency, K-Logic, and, and started really from a junior position in, in SEO and analytics and, and kind of learned the foundations of, of digital marketing and in a very good kind of school there. Um, yeah, they seem pretty cool. Like, I've, I've seen them around, like, throughout the years, and it seems pretty cool. They're, they're a good company. They're I good also, what they do, yeah. I, yeah. I also know so many, like, like huge talents that came from there. Like, you, Elad Efrima. Uh, what other lads do I know that came from K-Logic? <laughs> there's there's quite, quite a bit. I won't name drop because I'm afraid to forget someone and get someone insulted, but... We th- insult a lot of people. <laughs> no, I'm just Gabriel, no, Gabriel Ehrlich is also another one. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, 
so, so I went to K. I, I spent two years at K. Uh, in my last position, I was the head of the SEO and analytics global team working with the Israeli tech companies mainly. Um, and at that time, I felt that I had to move on and I moved to a tech company to kind of build uh, from the bottom their uh, marketing uh, or di- their digital marketing, uh, basically. Uh, and while I was doing that, Fixel started to grow in the background. Um, it wasn't named that. It wasn't doing the same thing it was doing today. Um, it kind of happened and, and changed and transformed as we went along. Um, and, and, and while it gotten so big, uh, we decided that I might as well leave the company I was working at and, and go freelance so I'd have enough time to, to spend on actually uh, making this thing uh, bigger and more uh, sustainable. And I left, I was for almost a year a freelance in digital marketing doing all, all kind of stuff. Um, and then last July we incorporated as a company and, and went all in, uh, all the, the founders, uh, we hired a crew and we started building this uh, rocket ship. So, I want to point out something that I think was too humble in your story. Can I, like, am I loud enough? Yeah, well, you've never been loud enough. (laughs) I've just been teasing Roy lately a lot about his voice, but it's okay. Go on, sorry. I'm sorry that I'm not a yeller. No, I just need you to, (laughs) Like you, Jonathan. Talk like me. (laughs) This is like, do you remember the Behind the Music, like the show on VH1? Where you always had like this is was the best of uh, the best rock and roll group in the world, but tears were starting to appear. <laughs> That's like that. Jonathan was teasing Roy about his voice. <laughs> and then he left with his fur coat and yeah. never came back. Yeah. Um, um, anyway, so That's uh, right. Gold. No and a fur coat. <laughs> <laughs> Stray Gold unplugged. Okay, yeah, that's the next thing. <laughs> okay, so you're saying he was so no so humble. so because because uh, it's a nice quality to have nowadays. To be humble? I'm not humble at all. No, you're no, shit. you're way out there. Me, I'm amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and it's actually unproportional to yeah, how good no, you really are. Nothing. That's that's the biggest problem. Of course, problem. but that's you gotta fake it till you make it. Well, or you gotta, I don't know, just fake I it till you make it. I don't know what your timeline <laughs> for making it, but <laughs> I don't know. I got all my life. That's it. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Once you're not Instagram hot anymore, that's, that's it. it. That's that's enough of your career. Anyway, so uh, it's because. Because you, lad, you were you were kind of talking about uh, going through, like you did some S, uh, head of SEO and analytics, did some marketing, but actually from w- like seeing you work on a few things and like knowing you for a while, I think you're one of the best uh, people in terms of combining real understanding of like implementation analytics, how to leverage uh, more technological or more techy kind of things like or engineering and stuff like that into your marketing and into how you think about kind of everything. Um, so, and, and, and I think that this is something that has been, has been very uh, resonated with the things that you do or how you choose to work. Now, one of the things that was, uh, that, that I thought was an interesting shift from, again, knowing you for, I think, two years now, three years now? Oh, my God. We should have an anniversary. No. Uh, be my Valentine. You do. It's on Facebook. Uh, <laughs> a little video for you yeah. and everything. Uh, anyway, so... The, actually, the first question I want to ask you, because we had this thing also when we had Jan on the show. Uh, you are a very highly qualified technical and tactical person. Like, you know, like, the hacks and finding the spots and everything. And, mm-hmm. and you know, to do a lot of the, the actual hands-on things. 
And with Fixel now, we actually, you're moving into a more high position role also in terms of how you think about the things that you do. So like, it's, it's like strategy versus tactical. When we had Jan on the show, he was like, when we brought in Jan, uh, so I was 100% sure we we're going to talk about how to scale up Facebook ads, how to do this. How, and he actually came from like, no, I now understand strategy because he went from this position to this position. It was almost like joined a cult. I yeah, the strategy cult. He was like, no, yeah. let me talk about my cult leader. <laughs> Guru. <laughs> Guru. I, I imagine Keanu Reeves, like, I know Kung Fu kind of yeah. style. Yeah. So, so what, I want to talk a little bit about the transition for you because young companies mostly, or even, I think even more mature startups, you need to go from a mindset where you start, have to like, do the small things to see the larger picture, and it's very hard to sometimes play both fields. So it is, I think it's been interesting to talk about like, the transition for you. For sure. Um, I, I think I'll start off with, with my goal currently at Fixel is to be profitable or raise enough money to hire Jan to do that for me. <laughs> but specifically, yeah, yeah, he's after you. <laughs> specifically, yeah, uh, he knows That's that. Um, since we're not gonna be there anytime soon or tomorrow morning at least, uh, we're gonna do that on our own. And and we've started to to make these uh, small steps in that direction. Um, I'm coming as a marketing technologist. I'm very hands-on, and and this is my day to day is mostly made up of these tasks that I can execute on that I can do and, and drive uh, some small wins or bigger wins to the company um, but looking at the company and, and looking at uh, I'd say the CMO cap that I'm trying to wear every so often uh, I, I do try to take the more strategic approach and, and understand okay wh- what is our brand what is our story what are we trying to tell here and, and try to keep everything aligned within that kind of a uh, set of values um, and it's not easy, and and, and there's a, a big tension within within me because because again I'm having a, an easier time executing, uh, so I'm I'm running to to create and, and manage these small tasks rather than uh, operating on the higher level, and we've actually uh, sat down and got these different kind of templates of of how we should map out uh, our ideal clients and these personas and understand what our target market is and, and what's the total adjustable market and all these startup kind of best practices mm-hmm. there. Uh, and we're really struggling to, to finish our kind of homework there and, and get these uh, in place. Um, we have the key assumptions, but writing these down and getting the stakeholders in, in a single room and kind of bashing around about mm-hmm. these uh, has some great value. And, and we've been able to, to map out the, the key ones, but we're still working through them. Because suddenly now, this is what points everything you do to a certain direction. Because like there's a million things you can do at any right. given moment. And I guess that by suddenly having to stop, and like the, the problem usually with things like virus persona and stuff like that, that as you do it, and you finish the day, and you feel like you haven't done like your real to-do list, you say like, well, this didn't help us bring any, any user at all. This any is like profitable. a waste of time. Yeah. And you do this for like a week, a month, sometimes you do this whole process. It's like strategic-wise, it's smart, but you say like, hey, we need to have something like results next week. And then and then it's like, how do you how do you decide how much time you spend? It's a beautiful moment in my life. Right Why? 
you remember the movie Unbreakable with like uh, Bruce Willis and uh, what's his name? We have a lot of pop culture references today. Yeah, I was just like, you remember Unbreakable? Yeah. Right, so like the whole concept is like Samuel Samuel Jackson is looking. He's like the most breakable man, and he's looking for the unbreakable man. Right. That's the whole concept. So it's like I'm sitting near my. uh, You're my Bruce Willis, man. Oh yeah. Because what happens for me is like, I'm I'm always pissed because I love the other side. Everything else, the personas, the brand, the vision, the story, the slogan, the the messaging, all these things are my... That's all the my, crap. Yeah, all the stuff that you're like saying, oh, fuck, I hate this. It's not making any money. And I'm like, that's, that's the shit I love. It comes easy for me. I can do it in a matter of seconds for anyone. And then like, and you're doing all the stuff. You're like, all I want to do is all the shit that I hate. I'm like, all the tactical little things. Like, I know I can turn around and go, like, we should do this, we should do this, we should do this, but I don't actually want to implement the little details. I just know that this is what we need to be doing. And I can research it enough to turn around and say, hey, we can do this little cool hack or or at least suggest a cool hack, but I could never, <laughs> I never want I never go in my day and like going, oh, I've done too much dreaming and thinking about stuff today. I really want to just get the hardcore work and looking at some excels and shit. Oh, yeah, diving the ditches. So this is really nice, Bruce Willis. I love you, man. <laughs> But the Excel, the Excel part it, is the fun part. What? The Excel part is the fun part. Oh, yeah, for some people. When I was working <laughs> at the agency, and, and my team knew you're you're getting into office, getting your cup of coffee, and opening up the Excel sheet. You know, that's right. like first thing in the morning. Oh, right. God. I do the same thing. I open it up. I open up the Excel sheet, and I vomit on my computer immediately. Like, just <laughs> no, portray it on there. I'm like, ah, oh, I can't stop. That's and I close the laptop, and I'm like, Dude, all right. I would really check that out, because that's... <laughs> That's not normal. <laughs> yeah, that's my fetish. I like, get heated up and then open like, some pivots. And, yeah. Whew. I've always wanted to make a shirt Show for me like those that pivots. says, I yeah. excel with the logo of Excel on it. I uh, excel. Not cool? Uh, <laughs> you'd, be like, you'd be like, yeah, my favorite shirt today. <laughs> I can't. I Word. Yeah. Pivot. I pivot. Every time I meet someone who loves Excel, I'm like, yeah, no one can use Google Sheets because you can't pivot. And they're like, he gets it. He gets it. Like, I had no idea. It's Dennis, I don't even Dennis, know Dennis, what that means. Then he shows you like the secret handshake. Yeah, he's like, oh, pivot handshake. Uh, yeah. uh, uh, table. <laughs> I wish you would all seen the hand gesture. Hand it was good. Jonathan just Let's did. just say, it was interpretive dance of Excel. We're not in, we're not in high school, but I still want to kick your ass. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird because now the guy who looks at Excel is kicking the ass of the guy who's like, does yeah. the, the art and this cool shit. You right. can yeah. hire people to kick their ass. Yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, so... Um, Sorry, you were at the point where you yeah, were like, we, yeah, we had a you point were like, there. oh, so you do this and you have to struggle looking for so something to make yeah. money. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so h- how, do you, how do you balance, like, because they're both really important. Like, the strategic part is really important when you look at the five years or one year ahead even versus the tactics that you can go that if you don't that if you don't that if you don't thank you for the compliment focus like your tactics then you can actually do a lot of things and not progress in a, an inch. Ultimately, it's about being, I'd say, uh, responsible and kind of managing your your time, uh, which is everything that I don't do. And I think a a good example (laughs) is when I was doing some some research and looking at competition and trying to look at similar uh, remarketing tools that are out there and and trying to to look it up. And my first immediate go-to was going to Google and, and looking up other tools that come up as alternatives. And doing that research, I've come across our key uh, competitors and the ones we want to measure up against. Um, but then I've also spotted a blog post that was featured on Google as a featured answer, and you, you see the logos and names and, and such a list. Um, and I've seen all of our competitors there, but I've also seen that this 
post was outdated. It was from 2013. Some of these uh, competitors were already out of business and such. Murdered. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just kept going back to that. I'm sorry. No one knows how. Um, <laughs> but then my SEO kind of arised, and I said, hey, I'm a good Samaritan. So I turned to the guys who've written the blog post, and I said, hey, it's outdated. Let me rewrite it. And they did. Uh, and then we had a new blog post up with our solution featured alongside giants like Critio and Adriel and such. And that was a fantastic SEO hack, uh, but that distracted me completely for, from my kind of uh, higher-up research there. Yeah. Um, so so it, it's, it's still awesome, though. Like, I would, yeah. I would do the same shit. It's, it's like. fantastic. And now we rank first for uh, best remarketing tools, uh, which we couldn't have done organically because our website isn't strong enough. Um, but again, it was looking at the, the strategic and, and kind of trying to do the research, but getting distracted because, again... Uh, because it, because when you do the research, that's when you find all like the opportunities yeah. that you would never find again because only once you're like really in the trenches, you get like the small ideas. Oh, if you do this, this would be big. This, But when, then when you go back and look at your plan, you will never see this again because like unless like unless you went and, and, and documented sure. like the small th- wins you can make, like in a tactical list, you would never look at your competitor's analysis and say, oh, we could have done this with a blog post. Only when you do the research, you can do that. For sure. And, and, and it's often yeah. overlooked. Uh, and if you're not documenting it right, then yes, you'll completely miss out on these yeah. opportunities. Yeah. Oh, so, so I think that that's basically that's... Do you know how much traffic does it bring you, though? No. Uh, I do. It's, it's not plenty. We're getting tens of entrances there uh, daily but we're getting signups and, and these people are very highly targeted there they have their the quality leads right. and they're even more highly retargeted of course and, and, <laughs> and again these people <laughs> at the end of the day they, they've come from someone else recommending Fixel uh, right. they don't know it's bias they don't know uh, all about that um, so, so for course. us it's a great win of course so like, you don't really have time that you say okay this is like uh, CMO time this is tactical time can I just want to throw that project to like someone? Hey, do this. No, no, uh, no, no I'm, I'm, I'm with a lot because for me, like when I find these small things, like oh, this is so exciting, we can do this. It's like better than thinking about the bigger thing, and and then what happens is that you fill your day with like small things, and then it's like the oh, we didn't get to do A, B, C, and D. Right, the big rocks. Um, See, I was meant to be a king. Like I just want to make this very clear because I don't want to. I wanted to keep doing that thing and just be like. Oh, I found something. Minions, get to work. Like, that's what I want. I, that's, I, I, I love it how you framed it as a king and not as lazy. <laughs> yeah, well, kings are lazy. No, I'm just okay. no there's no, no, no research. It's just, I'm no, no, aiming I th- at the I th- vision. I th- and if I come across something, I'm like, oh, this is a great opportunity. I just want to give that off. To but I think it really depends on your origins because... Um, born in a palace. <laughs> That's my argument. We don't judge. We don't judge. <laughs> no, we don't judge. Uh, it's a different skill scale. We won't approach you anymore in this episode, but we don't judge. <laughs> We're not going to listen to Jonathan anymore. Let's put him on mute. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's different skill sets, and it's difficult to start at one kind of a position and grow into a, a, another one and do that transition fully. You don't yeah. always have some re- residuals. Do you already have people implementing some of the marketing things you want to do, or it's just you for now? No, I have another guy on my team uh, who's executing some of my uh, crazy ideas. Um, so so wait, so he's executing on what, like you give him the brief and he executes, or 
does, because for me, I, I explain my dilemma always, is that when you give somebody a task and they do it, and you think, like, I wonder if this person could have spot, like, the opportunities that you could spot. Like, for example, if you were given, like, the competitor analysis research to somebody else, would you be completely confident in them doing that? Or, or would you, in the back of your head, say, if I would have done it, I would have found, like, better opportunities? No, but that's obvious, because his background story is what allows him to see it. It's not like he was born and he was like, Mom... No, no, but the question is that when you have to delegate and you know that these opportunities exist and you have to give somebody else the task and you know in the back of your head that they're going to miss the gold nuggets, like the, the things that, that really make the, no, like the impact. but I think you give the gold nuggets to them to go and just mine. You just like what he just said now was like, no, but I can't the way around. He, on my research no. and I can give that to someone. Yeah, so my question so my question is do the tasks that you delegate these days are like do the competitor research or hey I've seen this opportunity, write this blog post. Mm, he's checking you. I think ultimately <laughs> you try to give things that are a very scoped in a sense. That this is okay. the brief, these are the outcomes and, and this is what I'm expecting. And if you're I'd say grooming uh, mm-hmm. someone good enough, and you've selected someone good enough, you can expect them to bring along these ideas. And, and you should be careful enough to, to allow these ideas to happen. Uh, so you let them bring them up. You, you don't judge them for putting up bad or mediocre ideas. And you let this kind of evolve over time. Mm-hmm. And, and I think leading by example is, is a key in this sense. Uh, so they see that you have your own ideas. They see that the kind of ways that you exploiting different tactics there um, and ultimately they will be able to, to rise up and, and drive their own ideas because you can't do it all on your own. I wish right. I could, but I can't. Right. How do you pr- how do you prioritize the things you want to try and test and do? I try to look at the impact of, of the immediate action itself. Okay, can, you share for, can you share a little bit what, when you say I want to measure the impact, what's the impact for you? How do you measure it? At this point in time, when we're still early within our product, we're mainly looking at signups and quality of the signups themselves. Okay. Because um, our tool, we're still working on the onboarding process. I, I think it's, it's a very complex uh, setup there uh, in terms of educating the users of how, how to use it. Mm-hmm. Uh, technically, it's super simple, but you need to understand what you're looking at. And we're... we're mainly looking at how people understand the messaging on our website. I think that's one of our key kind of uh, challenges in getting them to actually convert and getting the right people to the website and converting there. Um, so, so it's a very small fraction of that funnel, um, but we're constantly looking on how to, to kind of accelerate that. So your main focus right now is the funnel, but for example, you said the blog post thing. Right. So mm-hmm. how do you say, wait, this is worth the time for me to stop what I'm doing right now for the funnel, which is like your uh, main focus right now, and so I'm going to do this now? Because you, you rewrote the post yourself? No. Okay. That I gave out to uh, the guy on my team, and he did it. Oh, okay, okay. So it was just basically, I guess, like two hours of your time, the whole... Give or take, yeah. Okay. So like, how did you, how did you choose at that time um, to say, okay, I'm going to waste these two hours on this versus keep focusing on what I was doing before. How do you like prioritize this? Like you have a list, I guess, of 15 tactics you can do. Some of them are in the funnel, some of them are outside of the funnel. How do you say, like, okay, now we're going to start with this and then this and then this? Um, 
I would have wanted to to give a more a sophisticated answer, but ultimately I'm, I'm pretty impulsive in, in okay. what I do. <laughs> That's good. Um, to be honest, so, so I do try to look at the the impact that this can drive. Uh, currently, looking at the immediate impact, and. My North Star, in, in that sense, is, is trying to look at our go-to-market, at, at our target audiences, in that sense, uh, which we have broken down. We, we still need to break them down some further into their mm-hmm. actual uh, values and needs and whatever. But we, we know who the people that we're talking to are. Uh, and we're trying to keep our eye on the prize and, and look at the ones that are uh, the ideal customer profile, in that sense. Okay. Uh, Can I, I just want to ask something on that, though. So... Would it be safe to say that it's a smart thing to turn around and say, the tactics I'm going to go for will be ones that are one-off that will continuously, you know, work? Like, say, what you did with the article, right, where you turn around and say, I'm going to contact them, they're going to say yes or no, and then if it goes out, it exists online and it continuously brings people based on its SEO value um, in comparison to things that you would have to now delegate people and ta- more time to, like, let's say when people are building a community or something and you know you have to manage that community, you have to communicate with that community, you have to basically, for the rest of your the company's existence, have someone who's going to be working on that kind of thing that's ongoing. So is, that like a, is there like a thing where you say, I'm, I'm prioritizing things that I know I shoot once, I hit it, and I move on? Or do you also like say, you know... Uh, I'm, I'm gonna stop my question. There. No, 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 it's fine. I, I think there's two two kind of uh, considerations for this kind of balance. Um, first, in, in terms of my personal kind of uh, character, I'm, I'm more of a sprinter than a marathonist. That's why I have on my uh, laptop the growth of the marathon mm-hmm. uh, to provide me the inspiration. But uh, for people who don't know, <laughs> growth is a marathon is my sticker from way back. <laughs> so uh, I, I am trying to, to do things that are more uh, one-offs, though not necessarily. Um, we are trying to look at things that will bring in the, the bigger fish that we're interested in. And in looking, for example, at communities, uh, we found that, again, it would require a long-time commitment there. You wouldn't want to put it up and kill it. Uh, but it would also speak to the uh, smaller fish uh, that we are targeting, but, but they're not our key focus for now. Uh, so we decided to go with other things. Um, so, so another example of an operation that is uh, longer, but is going for bigger fish, uh, we're attending an event in the U.S. in a month or so. And it's a very big event, and, and we kind of started thinking how we could approach people at the, the event itself. Admission to the event cost us about $2,000, and, and building up a booth there would be about uh, four or five, and we, we don't have that money available. Uh, so we thought, hey, let's, let's try and hack this event. Um, so we, we had several different tactics, but one of our key uh, execution there was building up a parallel event website. Uh, and on that website, putting up all kind of uh, reviews and stuff and talking about that event happening. And just going for the organic pitch because no one else is trying to uh, get ranked on the event's name and we are so it's going to be the actual event and us uh, and so far so good and we're ranking first on Google on, on several terms and we're getting traffic for that and, and we're able to, to drive the right people into our website without tons of, of I'd say financial investment in that only time investment 
Uh, but it's longer play because you're updating content and you're creating more stuff and you're trying to be just a, a tad better than their website on that specific topic, which is theirs. Um, so, so I do believe in some long-term plays, um, though they are difficult, more difficult to maintain. So can you tell us a little bit more about the Perler website hack? Sure. Um, so we were looking at that conference, which is a, a major one in the mm-hmm. U.S., and we started researching what are the key kind of terms that are searched around it. And then we have uh, its pricing, we have its dates, we have its uh, venue, we have these different workshops that are there. Uh, and we also looked at the specific speakers that are coming up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we were able to create pages to review each workshop that hasn't even happened and we're reviewing it in advance. Uh, talk about the speakers and kind of aggregate different topics from across the, the, the web. Um, and then actually land rankings first page for these uh, different things. Did you have any backlinks or just like uh, better content? We did a few backlinks because at the end of the day uh, Google needs some kind of assurance that this is a legit website. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we, we managed that. Um, but ultimately it's, it's content but moreover it's, it's understanding that for this specific terms no one is actually trying to, to be ranked. Except for the people going to the event. You have people going to the event, and you have all these companies that are posting blog posts, hey, we're going to that, that event, and, and that's fantastic, but a single blog post would rank necessarily lower than an entire website dedicated to that right, topic. Of course. Yeah. So what, are you, were you counting on people to search for that event? What, what's the game? We are, and it's happening. Uh, and ultimately, we've pixeled the living life of these uh, people coming by the website. Uh, and necessarily if they're attendees of this uh, event then we'll be able to target them for sure okay so if, if if I can ask talking about numbers a little bit like that's that's I guess it's like a that's a decent effort I guess that takes like, like you know what I'm gonna I'm gonna break it down differently I'm gonna think about working with clients or working mm-hmm. with like uh, companies and I'm gonna try and talk about what All the things that you usually get an objection from or would cost a crazy like a long delay how long before this conference did you guys uh, like started doing this you'd need to be able to launch this about two three months in advance to, okay. to get so this is like a really long term play yeah to get sufficient organic strengths and to be able to rank that's okay. one it the Immediate costs are, are relatively low because you need hosting, you need a WordPress template, and you're up and running. Yeah, but you need to create a lot of content. But you need content, yes. Yeah. Uh, so content you can either outsource. You have uh, VAs from uh, Philippines or India or wherever mm-hmm. else. Um, and, and some of the main content we've done here by our team. Okay, so, so you, but you would say like, stress about having a lot of relevant content, but don't stress about the best writing in the world. It has to be decent writing, but you like don't spend two thousand dollars per piece no way, yeah, okay. no way in hell just so like 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 uh v a s this is what you need to write about this is what the this is the brief write about this yeah. they give you and, yeah. and most of it is like good and, and I think the other small hack that we've done there we've put up a a site monitoring tool mm-hmm. on their website, so we know when the original pricing is dropping there so they're dropping okay. early bird and other kind of prices there and we update 
automatically on our doing. website as well. So we're always up to date and we always know what awesome. their speaker list is and all that. What tool are you using for this? A, I don't remember, to be honest. Okay. There, there's quite a few out there. Yeah. Um, okay. And you're, you're tagging the people who are talking that you're writing articles about on the posts so that they're... That's a that's a tricky play because because this is in the grayish area because we're yeah. kind of copying their website we're not copying their content one to one and we put a big ass disclaimer saying this is not the official uh, right this is it says the unofficial guide but ultimately uh, it's it's in the grayish area so you don't want to shout it out too loud okay interesting because I was like saying if you're gonna let's say have a piece of content that's written about this person. And you could even have them share it, which would be even, like, it would be the kind of thing that you laugh at how successful Yeah, but it actually corrupts their data because they want to get people who are really interested in the conference that are highly relevant. Versus right, so people coming to talk? No, but, but, but about like, th- think, about, think about, for example, I don't know, give me an example of a person. Just give me a can. You'd have people coming in from Carter's that are speaking at the event. Fine. Okay. So if you have somebody like the VP marketing at Carter's coming to the event... So people who are going into the event or looking for information, they're highly relevant because they are the target of like the niche fixers after versus everybody who follows him was like a lot of people who are just like into retail in general, but might not be uh, marketers or owners even. You know what I mean? It's like okay. his audience doesn't necessarily fit like 100% with the audience they're trying to build. Right. Right. I'd care more about people that came in organically searching for John Doe at event. Okay, so now, I, I, I don't know if I missed this, but I just want to be very clear. So I have all these people coming to the website. What am I doing with them? I'm asking them for emails. I'm putting a pixel on their website so I can retarget them based so on what they're doing. Like what? Everything they do is retarget. I, I get that. No, not necessarily. Like I already, I, when I met when him, I shook his hand, and a couple of minutes later, he came to shake my hand again. I was like, what's going on? He's like, retargeting you. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, high touch. High touch. <laughs> so... Uh, he also had touch points. He just kept poking me. I didn't understand <laughs> what was going on. I felt like the Pillsbury boy. I was trying, like, <laughs> to, trying to guard your engagement. Um, ultimately, there there's different ways to, to approach this. We're going mainly for the retargeting uh, path by, by showing up our messages uh, and trying to get these guys to, to meet. Uh, this idea, by the way, isn't, isn't mine. I, I wasn't the one who came up with this. Uh, I've copied this shamelessly from uh, Asaf Shulman, who was the mm. former VP of uh, Checkmarks. Um, it's okay. We've all been, I mean, Forex does it all the time, and I was doing, yeah. I, we did it at Wix. We did for the Super Bowl. Um, for the Super Bowl, I don't remember which one. We created a separate website, which was reviewing the Super Bowl ads as they were coming out and stuff like that, so that we could all, you know, talk to them more about Wix and they're awesome of course. Yeah, yeah. everyone does it yeah but but in, in his example specifically they were doing something that was even uh, sneakier uh, they were uh, raffling a uh, bag of uh, merch that they would pick up from the different stalls at the event and you could sign up for the raffle and they'd get your bag of swag from whichever uh, booths are out there on the event and they simply shipped that bag of swag wherever in the U.S. It cost them a few tens of dollars. That's it. Uh, but they got fantastic leads from anyone coming by the event that just didn't have to stop by the booth and right. pick up their swag. Um, so there are, there are different ways of, of handling these kind of websites. Um, and and we're, we're still kind of figuring it out. That's our first kind of uh, experiment balloon there. Yeah. 
how do you come up with like the ideas or like how do you spot those opportunities yeah I was actually I don't know if that's how I would frame it I kind of wanted to go like a little bit deeper like what is the skill set or thing that you need to how do you like you know if someone says to me why am I creative or how am I creative or how do I look at things then I can kind of express that to be the kind of person to look at these opportunities and like figure out what's going on you you kind of have to have like a uh train of thought or mm-hmm. you know first I collect the data then I do this then I do that like what is it that I, I don't think there is a single kind of thing that I can attribute this to um, if I'm looking specifically at, at this event okay we, we had two I almost want to say what makes you different than someone else who's not able to do it that would also help me because like I kryptonite kryptonite um, I used to sell that by the way <laughs> um No, but looking at this event, th- this hack is specifically uh, coming through my uh, organic goggles, in, in that mm-hmm. sense. Uh, another hack that we're trying out, and this will come from a different perspective, um, once we've signed up to the event, we've gotten these emails that say, hey, come sign up for a booth and pay us whatever much. And we said, no, fucking way. Um, but what they did do to try and entice us and try and get us to actually sign up is send us the list of attending companies and specific mm. uh, titles nice. of people attending. Uh, and they sent it in PDF. So we took that PDF, we converted it to an Excel sheet, uh, we plugged it into several automation tools, uh, like Zapier, which connects to Clearbit and all these different things. Um, and we ultimately have a list of the attendees coming by the yeah. event. Yeah, no, no, that's, that's, that's <laughs> genius. I've been to ones that where they turn around and the attendees are too high-ranking for them to give you that list. Mm-hmm. So they're like, well, we have really high-ranking people. And you're like, God, crap, just give me the list. Because I can target them. I can do full campaigns for them before they ever show up. Right. I can do, like, huge things. Yeah, no, that's awesome. So, so that also came from a more kind of uh, automated and then PPC uh, perspective there. So, so there's different tactics that we're trying to, to uh, target and approach. And in, in my perspective, again, I'm, I'm very much in the, the ditches and, and very much looking at the technical solutions to these kind of things. And anything that I can do to, to automate our solutions is my immediate uh, go-to. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think for the most, even coming as an SEO, I was... mainly working on the technical aspects of things I'm, I'm nice I know some code I know how to to do these things so so that's where I feel most comfortable as a marketer do you think that the uh, okay so hacking things is super cool I love it so is it and the reason I love it is because I come from a house where we're we were told your life is basically stories is best story the better the story is the better life like so every time that I can hack something or do something, It gives me an opportunity for an awesome story. That's awesome. Um, but I'm wondering, like, is there a place where hacking things doesn't fit? Building structure and building, like, a very solid foundation before ever getting to hacking something makes more sense. Like, I'm just, I'm just wondering this because, I'm, you know, you work with companies and, and so, the companies go from startup to a company. And there's always this thing that we don't really shift. The CEO is the same CEO. The people are the same people. And everyone... So the mentality needs to change. But that's really hard. And you expressed it also that it's hard to change the mentality. So in the beginning, you're like, I got to hack the shit out of this. I got no money. I got... I gotta, no one's looking in my direction. I got to figure out ways to make this... You know, make an impact from nothing. But I also, like... I also see the value in a company when you shift to, to becoming, like, a, a bigger company, not just a startup... To turn around and say, we've got to build a foundation. 
before we do any more hacks or we need to stop with the hacks for a second and build the foundation. When when do you think that plays like when does that come into effect and and when does hacking become more of a you know a bad word? So in in my opinion there there is there is some kind of balancing act that you must keep. Um one of my kind of uh, or our bigger biggest arguments as co-founders of a startup is that I refuse to call us a startup. I hate that word. Um, from a marketing perspective, I, I think it's bad for us because investors want to hear startup. Our customers don't. They want something that's solid, something that yeah, they can build stable. on. The, right. They wouldn't want to pay for something that they, that's shaky. Um, and internally, using the word startup can be an excuse for, for doing all kind of stuff uh, subpar or not going all the way with it and it can go through how you handle your HR processes and it can go into your product processes and your marketing processes as well um, so I really refuse to use the word startup we're building a company we're building something that's here to last uh, we need to achieve quick growth and, and show that our metrics are going up um, but if you want to do that uh, sustainably for, for a long time, you need to get your stuff together and you need to sharpen your strategy. And there's a quote by Abraham Lincoln that says, if I have six hours to chop down a tree, I'd spend the first four sharpening the axe. And I truly believe that and I try to live up to that, but, but I'm not, again, not, uh, not always as uh, good at that. Sometimes you're like, hey, wanted. I could just lean on this tree. We'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> it would break. We need to yeah. cut this thing. We got it. All right. So with that approach, how do you how do you approach your marketing basically in general now? Because as you said, like like what's what's the what's the sharpening of the axe and what's the chopping of the tree? Sharpening, I think we're currently working on understanding beyond who the people that we're targeting a but really diving down, understanding what tools they are, what uh, kind of things they find missing within these tools, what things are happening within their regular kind of playbook that isn't working well enough for them, and, and trying to understand and give them value for that uh, specifically. Um, and it's looking beyond our product-focused view, but rather a customer-centric uh, view in that sense. Um, so we're, we're speaking with everyone and we're trying to really kind of get that feedback from the from the field um, and ultimately summarizing that into some kind of strategy that will define the marketing strategy and the product strategy which go hand in hand as a SaaS company that's the chop that you were looking for <laughs> um, and Working uh, on execution at the end of the day would, would have to be aligned within that, that the people that were approaching with the specific messaging that tailors to, to their, their specific needs. Um, and, and there would be these long-term plays that would happen. We'd do, I don't know, core advertising, which is fantastic and is driving great value at low core CPMs. Core advertising? Yes. I didn't even know that there was core advertising. I was actually we were just debating this with a client the other day because I feel that most of the traffic that we get from Quora are now just like bots and Indians. So, no, so but wait. Core advertising, just just clean this up for me for a second just before we jump into it. Core advertising, for me, meant going on Quora questions and answering questions 
I didn't know that there was actually an advertising platform for Quora. For so, so there is. We, we thought about going manually into Quora, but again, that's yeah, high yeah, maintenance. Um, Automation. I get it. Yeah. Um, so, so ultimately, you, you can target specific keywords. You can target specific questions. You can do all these very micro drill down into uh, targeting there. And that's fantastic. So, so that's an example of one tactic that's going to be some kind of longer term play in that sense uh, and there's going to be hacks along the way there's going to be different things that we're doing and, and uh, no, but uh, how how is it working for you like does it it's like a really valuable traffic channel for you Quora high, like that specifically yeah for sure interesting yeah so you're like so you're interesting, very interesting because it's like you're talking to a higher level I think for his type of clientele Dude, no, I'm guessing a lot of people said, like, how do you really retarget, how do you increase traffic, how, and then you can, like, hit all these Yeah, and, and we're going head-to-head uh, -head with our competitors there. We're going for the heads of Critio and Agile, and, and right. we're looking at people that are using specifically these tools. Right. Um, so one way is trying to extract lists of websites from built with and, and getting these specific uh, companies. Another way is, is looking at where these people are asking questions, where they're trying to, to learn more about using or, or kind of a more sophisticated use of these tools and, and going into these places and, and trying to target them. Um, another tactical solution, which uh, I can also attribute uh, to you, is uh, our Twitter bot. Uh, we created a bot that follows specific keywords on Twitter. And once a day at uh, 3 p.m. Uh, Israel, we get a feed within our Slack uh, returning all these specific tweets that mention these keywords. For example, we're looking at anyone who asked a question about remarketing, who didn't have a link, uh, and we're getting that directly into our feed. And then we're in, in a sense, jumping naturally into the conversation and, mm -hmm. and talking about remarketing yeah. without even mentioning Fixel. And so we're handling that. We're handling different mentions of our uh, competitors. And, and that's also a way of kind of uh, doing these things. Yeah. Just just uh, because people don't know, the, like the hack we're talking about is that, I think, three months ago, mm -hmm. we actually just reposted it on the Stardom blog now. No, cool. Not mine. Uh, so we published this hack, like how to find real Twitter engagement. Which is basically a specific, not script, but just like a syntax. The syntax. Search yeah. syntax. Like yeah. a, like a, like a, like an advanced search operator, uh, that if you write it, uh, you can you can basically search for keywords and eliminate the links in the results, so you don't get like marketers spam, right. like like you you get like <laughs> really engagement sure. from people you want to get to, and Elad took it to the next level and actually built a bot around it, which is kind of amazing. Yeah, and it's actually it's far less sophisticated than it sounds. We just plugged it into Integromat, which is a simple solution that's equivalent to Zapier. Yeah. Let it run once a day, and, and it works like a charm. Yeah, like search this, add it, search this. Interesting. Right. Um, something about the core that I wanted to ask you. Uh, I'm trying to get back to it. Um, We're getting so old, we forget shit all the time. <laughs> What's your name? I don't even know anymore. <laughs> Where the fuck am I? <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any butterscotch? This room is padded. <laughs> I didn't even know. Did you have coffee candies on the bottom of my bag. Would you like one? <laughs> um, no, because, so, uh, again, like, it, it's interesting. Like, the, the way to go to for Quora is interesting. We, we like, so like, I would actually. answer, by the way, you were like, is Quora worth it? He's like, oh, well, we have a competitors that we're going head to head with. I'm like, wow, if everyone's all there, then obviously it's worth something. No, because because people we're asking about a competitor or. competing on ads there. We're looking, because they, they have big threads over there. They have oh, topics okay. yeah. there. 
So we know that anyone who's engaged within that is necessarily a target it's, it's client. It's interesting because, because really, like, when I worked with... Don't tell them. I think <laughs> when I worked with SimilarWeb in 2012, I think, really the beginning, so Daniel Bachuk, who was just like a marketing guy and a PR guy, there and I were we were just answering Quora questions and getting traffic from there and now these days when we do it and the, the traffic was high quality and now these days when we do the same trick um, the quality of traffic is shitty mm-hmm. so it's interesting to see that the the ads are good uh, because I basically gave up on Quora I used to have this hack for Quora um, where what you do I like this I used to talk about it all the time now I talk about it less obviously <laughs> Uh, is that because Quora, there's two ways you can get value. It's either you answer like a shitload of questions and then somehow eventually you get like boosted in SEO. You get an uplift. Um, but what we, but the best way is basically be the first one to answer. I, I, I don't know why I'm smiling now. I just, it's like an old time trick. Yeah, because you're like, I remember the days. Yeah, the days. I used to sharpen the axe <laughs> that cut in the wood and yeah. go to answer some Quora questions. No, uh, so, so, so what we do is that... Um, Basically, what we do is is that you can put like a topic, so like a so, so the second way you actually get value is that if you're the first to answer the question, uh, we're giving a really in-depth question. Now the problem is that nobody wants to like refresh Quora all day long. So what we did is that we used the if this then that like iftttttttttttttttttttttttttttttttttttttttttttttttttttttttttttttttttttttttttttttttttttttttttttttttttttttttttttttttttttttttttttttttttttttttttttttttttttttttttttttttttttttttttttttttttttttttttttttttttttt
and how you decide to solve it was something that I think most SEO people are not really good technical people. Like, I think the, most, like the more popular version of SEO is usually very surface level. Content-oriented? Yeah, content-oriented. Yeah, there's a mild technical aspect to it. Yeah, some, so like Yoast is a technical aspect, or Screaming Frog for most. Like, that's, that's where most of the online SEO content kind of talks about. Right. Like the Neil Patels of the world. Uh, um, and what I, love, what I like about hearing your stories and working with you is that you always come with these stories like so deeply technical in how you thought about the solution, um, which makes that approach interesting. And I think that the Reshet versus Keshet thing, it's like a little Ami and Tommy thing, like a Hansel and Gretel situation. Just <laughs> uh, tell us the story about yeah. these massive Hansel and Gretels. <laughs> Yeah, um, so what I like about the story is that, is that it's basically like a very smart way to, to try and solve uh, this so, issue. So tell the story so, so people know what I was just, just talking about. announce what Reshet and Keshet Yeah, of course. <laughs> so so I- I- in Israel, there was a very strange situation that the two largest uh, private channels uh, owned the same news company. And they were both uh, running their own websites with a news section, which in Israel is, is one of the most, uh, the largest, I'd say, sections on a, uh, on such websites. Yeah, we get terrorized all the time, so we need to do yeah, that. Yeah, you know, people <laughs> die the news. <laughs> so ultimately, they were both owning the same uh, news company, and they were getting an XML feed of the same articles at the same time, uh, word by word. And they couldn't change a single letter within these articles, and they had to publish these uh, instantly uh, to try and get the ranking on Google News. And the competitor of the site I was working on was larger and faster, and they were able to get these up and get ranked on Google News and, and earn all the traffic. And our challenge was ultimately to get Google to acknowledge that, hey, we're posting this and, and we're doing it somewhat better uh, than the other ones were. And since we couldn't change anything about the article itself it was coming in uh, identically uh, what we could change is the speed of indexation uh, we could indicate Google faster that hey this article is live on our website and they are the ones that are copying so what we've done was a very technical technical hack in, in that sense um, creating a news sitemap which is a, a classic uh, solution but Moreover, creating a sitemap ping. So we were actively notifying Google that this sitemap has been updated and new pages came in every time we had a couple of articles come in. And this way we were able to ship these out slightly faster than the competing site. And we were able to gain these rankings even though both articles were identical and the other site was even better and stronger than our website. Amazing. So that's the kind of stories like you usually don't I think you usually don't read online because not enough people write about yeah. this. That's interesting. Why, why, why would you... I have, we don't have a, much more, a lot more time, so I'm going to ask you two questions. Sure. Which I think are interesting. One, why do, why do you think like, there's not more content like this written? Like, in all the, how, the world of how-tos, which is like a shitload of them, um, why don't you think there's like, more technical discussion on these things? Usually when you go full-blown technical, people get goggly eyes and, and they don't really know how to react to it. Oh, and, right and the <laughs> people that don't, they, they are the people that might be able to copycat. So, so 
I don't think there's enough incentive to, to try and share this around. You either won't get appreciated or you get copied from the mm. wrong people. Also, I guess like, there's not a lot of traffic because not a lot of people can actually implement this. Understand and execute, yes. Yeah, so, so like, so like it's not, it's not, it wouldn't be as popular as four headlights. You can try to get more no, traffic. No, but even, I think it's even more than that because at that point, it's, okay, again, what, my question to you before when I was saying, like, what are the skill sets or things that you need to have to have the type of me- mentality that you have to, to see these hacks, right? So when I turn around and I tell people how to be creative, I can explain to them how to be creative, and then they can go off and kind of do more creative things or how to look at things a little differently. With this, and they're going to come out with some sort of outcome that's different than mine. With yours, you basically say that the, the story is actually the interesting part for me. Then the tactic is just a very clear tactic. Pinging a website to Google is better and faster than having them discover you. That... They'll just take that and apply that immediately. You have to kind of have an article that, like, allows them to come up with their own idea. Kind of like, I think that's where it needs to go. Like, um, what could be different uses of this one, no, but, attack, uh, one thing? Uh, no, because I, th- I think the con- once the context changes, everything changes. Right. It's like, it's, you cannot really do copy-paste this. The situation you have with the TV networks is not something most marketers or most people will experience. And also, what I think is interesting, and I wonder if I can come up with three different scenarios, I can use that one, that one trick. It'll well, be you, well, you can do a podcast about it then. <laughs> we can do another episode. Uh, about be, no, it's very difficult like, to recreate. No, but what I'm also thinking when you hear a story like so, when you hear a story like that, you think, oh, it's obvious. You do the ping, and it's, like, it's very, it's very understandable. Yeah. Like, but 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 it's it's, it's like it's basically out. it's like basically saying it's like basically going into a building, and saying. One of the pipes in the building is leaking, but not enough for the wall to be wet. You need to spot which uh, pipe would it be, right? And then you kind of, and most people just walk around the building, not never knowing there's a, like a pipe leaking. And, but you, for some reason, know that if you knock on the fucking, I don't know, uh, wall, then you hear something different, this pipe versus this pipe. And you know that it most likely to happen in floor three and four than that one. Two. You have to have so many different things that you know. It would say, like, maybe we should look this way versus that way. So, so like I the, think I have the perfect question to end this podcast. Well, I had my second one, so let's see if yours is perfect. Oh, perfect than mine. Mine is the most perfect. Anyways, king here. Um, I was going to say, where, what are you reading? What are you looking at? What are giving you, like, the background to have these kind of things? What What website? Can, uh, it's it's similar. I'm gonna ask it and then you answer both. <laughs> no, it's, it's kind of the same. So I, my my thing was like, if you would talk now to a marketer at a startup, uh, or the company doesn't have a lot of resources, or just a marketer wants to really up their game, because 2019 you have to be much more technical than you were in in 2017 uh, to be relevant as a marketer. You have to go there in the technical aspect. What would be like the first steps? How would you recommend? What would you recommend them to read or websites to follow in order to start developing that skill set of like being more technical? Okay, so short answer is go to Zest and use the tools tag. That's the simplest. Shameless plug number Shameless two. Plug. Nice. Uh, longer answer, and, and this goes back to my career path. When I started out in marketing, I was doing anything from so social media to PPC to SEO to whatever and when I decided to go back into marketing I decided to go into a specific position uh, that I believe spanned the widest angle of digital marketing going into SEO and analytics specifically and 
from there, I got the, the basis and, and the understanding that I, I could then apply elsewhere. When I was doing content marketing, when I was doing PPC, when I was doing all these other things, it would really kind of make sense to me once I've had that specific, uh, stronger background coming. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so, yeah, it's it's coming from, from the basics. You've got to go and learn that. I don't think anyone can be a technical marketer. Um, just you. Just me, yeah. <laughs> no, but I, I think you can up your game easily and there's solutions that automate stuff and, and that literally do the work for you. You just need to not be afraid of a little bit of, of code or things that look like code. Um, and, and you really can find these cool and simple ways to automate your work and up your game there. And literally, anyone can do it. Would you recommend marketers go and take, like, for me, would you go and take courses like a little bit like SQL, like basic of coding, uh, like maybe like in a, uh, how to work with APIs? I think understanding APIs and JavaScript is key. Um, and beyond that is just going in and, and trying out stuff. You, you got to get your hands dirty. Yeah. You got to play with things. That's the only way you can learn. Okay. Get dirty and play with things. Yeah. yeah. That's, uh, Put it on my pants now. That, that's the name of the episode. <laughs> that's, the, that's the name of the episode. Tagline, yeah. Yeah. Elad Levy talks about <laughs> getting dirty and playing with things. Play with things. <laughs> and Roy puts on his fur coat. <laughs> <laughs> da, All right. da, da, da. The music starts. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so... Elad, this was like yeah, I, thank I, you. It was awesome. I can spend so much. Like, no, I feel like we can talk a lot more about this. Like, there's a lot more things, but we're gonna do this without you guys. So, and 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 kush No, but um, no. Honestly, I I think that um, that this aspect, these types of things that you're talking about, it's uh, it's really again, you're my Bruce Willis. Um, and uh, no, there are there's a chafifa. Like, there's like a there's a part there that Overlap. kind of touches overlaps, which is that. You Did know, the Israeli I, guy just help the Brooklyn guy get it. the English Hot word for this? <laughs> Anyways, uh, the overlap here would be that, like, I, I hear about these... <laughs> Falafel snap. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I was saying, a lot of these things that you're talking about, these these things are, are very interesting, and when you give it to someone like me, in comparison to someone like Roy, Roy's on your team 100%. He has pom-poms in his hand. <laughs> uh, but for someone like me, when I hear these these tactics or these stories it, I can then adapt it into my own stories so like I have it now as a tool something that I know in the back of my head and when I'm thinking about another thing I can bring that up and use it for the creative to, like, are you basically it. saying the next time you're going to say that the Reshet Keshet thing was your was story me. and it not it was me I'm sure. just going to change it from Reshet Keshet to Fox and CNN I don't know possible uh, deniability yeah. yeah no but the, but the main thing is I'm just saying for even people like me there's a there's a takeaway here that you can that you can really do Yeah, understanding a little more about the technical side of this will allow you to come up with better creative and, you know, without you know, saying the bad word, hack it. Um, cool. So thank you, man. Yeah. Pleasure. I also want to say uh, we're recording this on Valentine's Day. So oh, if you're listening to this right now, I think... And, and, you love right now. No, uh, <laughs> Build so them a bot. Yeah, if you're listening to this right now, then call up your loved one and say, I'm sorry it was uh, a few days ago when I was <laughs> late because we're recording <laughs> on Thursday. It <laughs> goes out on Monday. So basically just tell them, hey, uh, I'm sorry that I forgot. I still love you. No, you actually you would know your pants. Yeah, no, sure. no, you you would know you forgot. They'll, they'll let you know. You'll know that. <laughs> yeah. All right. Cool. Thanks, man.
Uh, thank you, everybody. So if you enjoyed this Share, episode... like, subscribe, tell your best friend, force your grandma to listen to it. Create a meme around this. <laughs> oh, yeah, on Google+. Use the hashtag on Google+. Plus. Yeah. Google. Uh, it, it, that's, this is the final week of Google+. Plus. It is? Hasn't it died already? I think no, it died a week it's, ago. No, it's, it's is like, it this week? I, this week or the next week. I think it's like one of those actors where you don't hear like like uh, what's like the, the guy from the. Uh, this is the, the I think he just won an Oscar, won whatever. Like the guy from the movie, the guy who killed Hitler and Bigfoot, Sam. Uh, there's this guy who's like the, he's like the ultimate. Yeah, it's like he's like the ultimate man in the world. Uh, what's his name? Sam. Liam Neeson is the ultimate. Man. No, no, no. Wait, wait. Sam Elliott. Do you know who this guy is? No. He's like he's like one of like the, such a great CV though. Killed Hitler and Bigfoot. So this guy is like the original. Like he goes from the original westerns. He's like the guy from the mustache, like deep oh, okay, voice. Okay. So he's like a legend, and he now made a comeback, uh, and that's the movie. He won, I think, an Oscar, the first Oscar for this. Bigfoot and Hitler. Bigfoot Hitler first, and Bigfoot. And then, <laughs> same movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, like, it's like Save Jews and Roadkill. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, guys, we love you. Peace? We're doing that, yeah? Okay, yeah. I don't know, I'm going with this. Okay.